0: I have on my friend, Justin Sparks. So Justin Sparks is a uh, VP of operations over at Cryptech. Um, he's just a, a, a great hunter, great human being. Like I really like this guy and connect with him every time I hang out with him. Uh, we were able to do a shoot together about a year ago and um, actually maybe it's been two years now and we've been friends ever since. Uh, man. Um, this guy is an absolute student of the game. He is one of us that just loves bow hunting with every fiber of his being. And so, uh, I've been trying to get him on the podcast for a while, but it worked out at the expo. We could sit down for a live recording. So uh, this is a great one. We talk about cryptech and talk about some of the gear in the beginning, and then get into to bow hunting and tactics and thinking outside the box and. Um, Uh, uh, learning, being a student of the game, just made for a great conversation. So I really like this guy, really enjoyed the conversation, and I know you guys will enjoy it too. I want to thank my sponsors for today's show. I want to thank Cryptech. So uh, we're going to talk about Cryptech on the show a bit, just their technical mountaineering gear. Like I said on the podcast, or like I'll say on the podcast, it's the best technical mountaineering gear system I've ever put together. Um, I'm such a huge fan of it, Uh, it keeps me comfortable, keeps me out there longer. Uh, I am also uh, uh, in love with their camo patterns. Uh, That Obscura Transitional is such an awesome western pattern that I think it really gives me an advantage out there bow hunting. Uh, So if you're in the market for any new gear, make sure to go check out what Cryptek is putting out there. Just great gear and uh, great guys that run that operation. I also want to thank Savage. Savage builds great, out-of-the-box, accurate rifles. Uh, they they just shoot. Like, I had my rifle. I built up a, a new rifle, and I had that thing sighted in within a handful of shots. It's just so accurate in such great groups. Uh, they have... Uh, a bunch of different models of rifles so uh, you know if you're on a budget you can still find a great shooting rifle all the way up to like the guys at the office really like that 110 ultralight uh, that rifle has the accu trigger which you can adjust just the trigger pull uh, so you don't have to take it to a gunsmith to lighten up the trigger which makes for a more accurate rifle uh, they also have the accu stock where you can adjust Uh, the length on it so um, they don't build us all equally so you can pretty much customize this rifle to you with the comb height and then also the the uh, length of pole on the on the stock so just great shooting rifles a bunch of different models bunch of different calibers super accurate i couldn't be more impressed by what savage is putting out there so if you're in the market for a new rifle or building a new rifle uh, go check out savage and uh, everything they offer I also want to thank Black Ovis. So Black Ovis is an internet retail shop that has absolutely everything you need for your next hunt. They carry all the top name brands like Cryptek, like Zamberlin, like Everly Stock. So they have all the top name brands as well as their own name brand that builds quality stuff. Like I was looking at their sleeping bags and a a good... Uh, weight to to warmth ratio and then also a good price point Um, so they have some good name brand stuff as well uh, where you can save a few bucks and still get quality gear I always mention my buddy Dylan Ness uh, he had a pair of puffy pants from him and um, really liked those so uh, you can find all kinds of gear on there Uh, they have these Uh, great deals on there. So you get points for every purchase. One point equals $1 that you can use on the next purchase. You can also save 10% on your order. Uh, That was another thing. Uh, One of my buddies just used that promo code to save 10% on a new pair of Zamberlin boots. So uh, the promo code is elevated10, save 10% on your order. And uh, if you have any questions, give these guys a call. They have a real knowledgeable staff as well that are all Western hunters. And uh, thanks again to those guys for their support of the podcast. I also want to thank Camo Fire. Camo Fire is an app that you get on your phone that has 80 new hunting deals that come up every 24 hours at huge discounts. Uh, So if you're in the market for good gear and you watch these deals, uh, you'll see some great stuff come up that you can save some good money on. So uh, you can download the app. It's Camo Fire and check out everything that they offer. Over at Eastman's, um, we got done with the expo, got some great recordings there. This is an expo recording. Uh, Man, I just had a great time hanging out with those guys and um Uh, talking over you know the hunting industry and talking over the podcast and um, ideas for the future so I'm really excited about it and uh, walked away with just some great recordings for you guys so just continuing to work away and chase down these really good guests that I can have these really good in-depth conversations with and uh, we'll keep working away on it so that was fun you can check out everything we do at Eastman's right now we got a promo code going so uh, TagHub is our internet research tool we're right in tag season I'm using this all the time right now and we actually have bundle packages where you can bundle that the mule deer course uh, and uh, I believe subscription to the magazine save some money there and we have a promo deal going right now so uh, if you go Tag TagHub put in the cr- promo code Brian I believe you saved some money on it and we're giving away a free one-year subscription to Mountain Tough. Uh, I've really enjoyed uh, Mountain Tough Fitness. I've enjoyed using their app, the in-person meetings. I really like these guys and really like what they're putting out. And I just think it's, it's such a great workout for the mountains and getting ready for season. Uh, so you can get a free year subscription to their app. That includes their They have a mental toughness block, which is one of the best ones that I've seen put together about gaining mental toughness. Uh, Just this great block all about it. And then um, also all the workouts. They have workouts with no gear, with minimal gear, or with a full gym setup. So uh, you get that free subscription with a subscription to Tag Hub by using the promo code Brian. And um, man, with that... uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's all I have to mention. I think we should get into this podcast with um, Justin. Uh, it's just a great one. Like I say, I've been trying been trying to get him on the podcast for a while now. Really happy to have him on, and now gonna make him a regular guest. You know, he's just such a, a student of the Grant game. Great bow hunter, so knowledgeable. Uh, a gear nut or gear fanatic. And that's why he does so good over there at Cryptech. Uh, so, yeah, I really enjoyed the conversation. I think you guys will too. Uh, Justin Sparks from Cryptech. I'm your host, Brian Barney. Eastman's Elevated. Here we go. Well, I'm here with Justin Sparks. I'm so excited to get you on the podcast. We've been working to get you a time, but uh, it, it, worked out perfectly where we can sit down and have a face to face. So, uh, man, you heck of a bow hunter, uh, and then, uh, uh, such a huge part of crypt tech in this gear that I'm using, man. Thanks for joining me. Absolutely. I'm glad to be
1: here. I'm mm-hmm. glad that you guys are able to do this here at the expo and get so much opportunity to get all these podcasts done and talk to all these cool people.
0: Oh man. Like, uh, such great engaging conversations. Um, uh, yeah, it's been super. I've had a bunch of good ones and uh good, to get you on the in the morning when I'm nice and fresh <laughs> <laughs> right yeah but um man uh you helped me put together the best system for hunting I've ever had like the technical mountaineering gear that you guys build is unparalleled like you guys have worked really hard at offering absolutely everything we need from these western hunts and that you know that's from my early hot weather hunts which I'm so glad that the snoring pants oh, and yeah. shirt man uh that stuff works so good all the way to the late season in the bitter cold, chasing, running muley. So, thanks for helping me put that, that together, man. You know,
1: I just gave you ideas of what I use, and I've been using it for so long, and just really tweaking gear and making sure that each one of those systems for each time of the year really work well.
0: You're a, you're a gear fanatic, aren't you? I am. I'm a yeah. gear junkie yeah. at heart, and you dive into each one of these pieces and make sure it's going to operate correctly. And the deal with you is is um, uh, you have such a passion for hunting and for bow hunting, and so I know every year you're going to these phenomenal places chasing deer and elk. And so when you get a guy that hunts like I hunt, uh, you, know, you test your gear and you find the pitfalls in it, and you, you also do. find what works well, and the nice thing about you guys is you're constantly evolving it.
1: Yeah, you know, the industry constantly changing. From the day that I came in till now, even the technologies that are out, we're always looking for that best fabric, the best fit, the best features and functions. Listening to guys like you that are out there saying, hey, if you just did this, this would work really well. And obviously, we can't be all things to all people, but we'd sure try. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just, you know, the evolution of industry, you know, you can think back when you first started hunting till now. It's just light changing. You know, it's just different. Mm-hmm.
0: It it makes you more effective out there. Like, uh, you can be comfortable for longer, uh, like just for instance, like, uh, the, the, the puffball jacket, what's that one called that you have two different ones that I run.
1: We, you run, I think the guard jacket, which is in the altitude. And then I think you run, uh, is it the one without the hood?
0: No, the one with the The Lycos. Yeah, the Lycos, that's the the one. And um, uh, the warmth-to-weight ratio is so good. It's one of the best puffball jackets I've ever owned. And then I love the low cut that covers my butt to actually keep, like, my midsection warm. That makes such a difference. You know, when you're sitting down and glassing like you do, and I know you do a
1: ton, and there's a little breeze, if that doesn't come down past your torso and cross your butt, you know you get that little breeze even on the hot days right when you're first thing in the morning it's a little bit cool especially in the desert it just really makes a difference. And those are the little features that we try to make sure that we put in and listen to our guys in the field. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, also on the flip side of that, you know, when we get to designing gear, you know, there's over-technical and there's over-durable. And we really like to try to, you know, design our gear where durability and technology really cross the mark. You know, if you get over-technical, you know, you're not going to be super durable. If you're over-durable, you're definitely not going to be technical. Mm -hmm. So we'd really try to hit that graph where those two cross and make sure that your gear is going to make it through a season and another season and you know based on usage but also you know that it, it's really going to function well for you in the field
0: that's interesting uh because you can't have both i mean you can have both but it's got to be a mix of the two yep. and it's almost like a give take and yep. so it's trying to find the perfect balance between durability and technical well, and, and uh, lightweight. Correct. Yes. Okay. So we'll I'll, I'll go into a, a little example
1: for you. So we have multiple types of gators, and we have a gator that's, you know, it's a 500D. Um, it's just bomb proof, cordura type fabric, and, you know, you can go out and just beat it to death, and it, it won't pick, it won't scratch. I mean, it's going to work, but it won't breathe. It's just not super breathable. So you want to use it in those colder weather climates where you're not really hot. I run gators all the time, I'm a big gator guy, and then we turn around and we took the Tekur gator and the Koldo gator, and we made them technical, we took our technical fabric, and so you can get, you know, if you're careful, you can get a full season out of them, but they're designed to really function on that technical side, mm. they breathe a lot, they protect your, your legs, you know, the dirt that comes up, it protects your, you know, all the debris that comes up, protects your boots, you know, and... and You know, I'm a big gator guy running, you know, almost all the way into August, Um, especially when you're going through the brush, the sage brush, the, you know, all the chaparral, the alder brush. So there's a a really good example of overly durable and really technical. And the technical side is reaching into the durability
0: stage. And then when you're over durable, it's just not going to (laughs) perform. You're spot on. I didn't know you had that lighter weight pair that breathed better. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna dive in like after we get done here and get ready for next season. There's I mean I don't need anything like, yeah. but there's just a couple items that you guys produce that would be hugely beneficial because uh, Gators are the absolute best on the market, best I've ever used. I've never had a pair last through all the abuse I can I can take it through, and it has to be a multiple year evolution because yeah. uh, they're just um, uh, built so durable they. Keep my feet dry. Uh, the bottom sling doesn't uh, yeah. isn't going bad, or I'm not wearing it out. Yep. Uh, the adjust- adjustment on it, because we're all individuals, like. I know my calves are way bigger than yours. Yep. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, but uh, but uh, to 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 fit uh, all the different guys and boot sizes and things. But man, those things are best on the market.
1: They are, and then you have a little bit of stretch in them um, that really makes a big oh, difference. Yeah. You know, the Velcro adjustment, the way the toe clip comes in. Um, I like our, our, you know, we've got two different types of adjustment. I like the elastic adjustment, so you can really pull it throughout the day. And, as it, you know, they just stay in place. Yeah, yeah. So another piece, you know, when you and, and that goes with any pant. It goes with any shirt, any jacket. I mean, there, you get, a, you know, a little bit of both in each. Yep. So um, a game-changing piece we brought out last year, um, it's been something that we had been testing. We really wanted to create a really good piece that lasted a long time that was as light as weight possible is our Sentinel Puffy Pant. Um, I know that you love those. (laughs) Everybody I talk to that's been running, they're like, man, you guys nailed it. You knocked it out of the park with this. Um, They fold up small. They're full zips so you can put them on over your gear when you get to the top of the mountain um and that's a piece that you know i we we tested literally for three years we tried down we tried synthetic we tried to blend and they just everybody that has come up to us at the show that's been running them is just like man you knocked it out of the park with these so there's another you know another piece that you take some time to really put the development in and then the end user is back to that comfort what you talked about if you can stay out that extra 30 minutes you know right at dark or be there first thing in the morning and your gear just makes you a little bit more comfortable. Can you kill in flannels and blue jeans? Yeah, you did it. I did it when we were little. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, you know, in the mornings it was cold. And the days that were rainy and wet and all those days that were just miserable, that little bit of extra time that you can put in just be a little bit more comfort affects your mental capacity to want to stay there and, you know, really
0: push hard for that harvest. A hundred percent. And those sentinel pants, oh, my gosh. that That is one of my favorite pieces that you guys build. I never knew... You know, I'd always layer my top and I'd layer four or five layers to keep warm and I'd still get cold on like when the wind's blowing or super cold days and I never realized what a difference it made to keep my legs warm and I'd, you know, I'd wear some long johns and then wear some pants over uh, over top and then thought that would be enough. Um, but once you get a pair of those Sentinel pants, oh, they're just a game changer. They're a game changer around camp. They're a game changer on the vantage point. They're a game changer when it drops well below zero. And then to have the zip-off side, so yep. you don't got to pull your boots off to stick this pair of pants on, you can stick them on and off throughout the day as you need them. And it's such an insulating layer. It makes yep. all the difference in the world for keeping a skinny guy like me warm.
1: It, it, it really is game-changing. And, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit about – What i prefer and i think you you know when i gave you that gear list and said hey this is what i think you'll really like but i run pretty warm anyways and i know everybody's a little bit different but you're active so that means you're running warm and so i usually run you know some of our lighter weight pants our torah altitude pant our vahala pant our alios pant i'll run a thinner pant because when you know i'm active a lot but when i'm sitting you're going to get cold real quick so even in the cooler you know weather times i'll run a merino i'll run one of our lighter weight pants but I've got those puffy pants in the back in the back of my pack, mm-hmm. and I'll pull them out and put them on. And then if the weather's really bad, I'll throw rain gear on top of that. And then you got double wind protection, you got insulation, and you can really sit for hours on end. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a hunt this fall with my boys, and I literally sat for eight hours in on this knob just glassing. It's a, a really cool vantage point where you can see 270 degrees and just sat there all day, and it was cold, and it was blowing, and I was layered up just like that on the bottom, and had similar layers on the top, and as the sun came out, I would pull my, you know, puffed jacket off for a little bit, and the clouds would come over, and the snow would start dropping, I'd throw, you know, my layers back up, so it makes it really easy, you know, to layer up and down when you have the right gear.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love those uh, Valhalla pants, those, um, they work so good, even in the early season, all the way to the late season, and just the fit and stretch on there, like, um, you know, the way your pants operate, like I can't help but use them all the time in my everyday life yep. because um, uh, the fit's so good. Like I, I feel like restrictive pants put that extra little bit of effort on every step. And when you're doing 20,000 steps, 30,000 steps, if you have that extra resistance, yep. it's like having ankle weights on. It
1: is. And you do that all day long and you do that on a seven-day hunt. You really don't realize it until about day three or day two when you're, you know, you're – switching pants or switching gear and you got a different type of pan on, it really makes a big difference. And that's where, you know, we get into the articulated knee cut. So every time you lift your knee, there's less restriction. A little bit of stretch is always mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, you know, by the end of your hunt, you can really tell a difference if you ever run a pant that doesn't stretch and a pant that stretches.
0: <laughs> Man, that's the truth. Well, uh, uh, back to what you were saying uh, uh, about the, the layers and, and being comfortable on that vantage point. I think the other thing is it allows me – to push further push harder because i know i can count on my gear and um even having uh uh, the sentinel pants and having uh, the, the the puffy jacket like uh, I feel like it's almost uh, security too. It, it it's is. almost like having my first aid kit. It's like safety because I can sleep out a night if I have to Correct. in that gear. I can survive a night and um, I'm going to come clean with you about an idiot move I made this past season. So I was hunting like a madman and trying to get work done and I kind of just have all my gear in a pile. i not as organized and checking things off a list because yeah. I'm hunting all the time for this moose and so Man, I leave my house and I drive three, four hours. I got all my stuff loaded up, going to hunt that night. I get back to my truck and and uh, I look in my truck. And I've got no sleeping bag in there. Oh. Just the biggest idiot move for like, <laughs> and now I've done the idiot trifecta before where I forgot my pad, I forgot my oh. sleeping bag, like I forgot everything once in my life and I never will again. But I forgot to throw my sleeping bag in and I'm such an idiot. There's no way that I'm driving back and ruining this weekend, huh? Oh, so yeah. I did have my sleeping pads there and I can't sleep in a truck seat. And yeah. so, I just threw on my layers and my rain gear over top, and it wasn't the most comfortable night in the, in the world, but I did get my six hours and hunted the next day, and I was able to survive that night on a bitter cold night. You, you are so correct on that. You know, I've had nights out, you know, where I've had
1: that gear, and, you know, even if you're, you've, you know, harvested an animal and you're really late, you've cut quarters up, you're hanging them, and you're just like, I really don't want to hike two and a half miles or three miles or six miles back. I'm just going to spend the night. And having those right layers, I've done the same thing multiple times where I'm just like, you know what? Puffy pants on, rain gear on, you curl up, find a nice tree with some nice bedding underneath mm-hmm. it, and you spend the night. And is it is it the best night ever? No. <laughs> but it works. Yeah. And that's the piece where you really start to go back in. And I know you're a big backcountry guy, and um, being able to get back in there, and then you know, even if you're on a buck and you bed him that night, and you're just like, Man, I don't want to leave him. I mean, there's a lot of
0: opportunity when you have great gear. Absolutely, yeah. You can push harder and then safety. Um, you never know if you're gonna twist an ankle or something and have Having that gear always in my pack, I know I can survive a night and um, do what I need to do to get back to where if I didn't have that gear, it's touch and go. I mean, definitely build a fire and have wood sense, but it just gives me this uh, sense of safety when I'm running. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and I also noticed that, um, so so back to uh, durability and uh, uh, weight and finding that perfect line, I noticed that you offer a bunch of different types of like rain jackets for instance. So you've got one that's so lightweight that I can throw my pack and maybe it doesn't have the features like the pit zips. Uh, Maybe it's not gonna be good for like uh, an Alaskan downpour for days on end, but it's gonna get me through any storms that come in. It's lightweight so I can backpack with it. But then you have a heavier weight that I can take when I'm going to the Pacific Northwest or when it's gonna be really rainy conditions. Had like a super rainy hunt in uh, Colorado uh, a year ago where yeah. I really use that uh the more durable gear that's yeah. going to last going through brush and so I just think it's cool that you haven't settled on one piece that this is our rain jacket. You've actually come up with two, three, four different designs yep. uh, for personal preference or for which hunt these guys are doing.
1: Yeah, there's not a one-all solution for everything. Just like when you get into our colder weather gear and Aegis bib and jacket, you get into the Vela system. I mean, those are something that you're not going to really want to pack back in or walk in in the back country. But when you are, you know, take your time and you get up on that ridge and you sit down or you're in a tree stand or in a ground blind there's so many different options out there and you know we try to create you know something for everybody in you know those bulk categories are going to use it and rain Gear is one of those that you know you've got day hunts you got multi-day hunts you got day hunts in alaska or multi-day hunts in alaska where your beaten brush and you know the lighter weight ring gear anybody's lighter weight ring gear in that technical fashion and it's lightweight is going to go through the brush and come out not looking real good (laughs) so having those multiple options you know and staying dry you know whether you're out there for multi-days or just a day like i said throw it in my pack i'm going to go out all day if the rainstorm comes in and As you know, in the fall especially, you'll get a rain that comes in for an hour or two, and then, you know, you hunker down, you throw it on, you stay dry, and then the sun comes out, your rain gear goes back in your bag, and you get a hunt the rest of the day or the evening or that last little bit you want. So, you know, having those multiple options really helps to pick what hunt you're going on and find the gear that works. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's, you know, it's about being comfortable and staying out there longer, but it makes such a difference to where... If you don't have the right gear, it forces you to come down like there is no staying up yep. on a windy ridge if you don't have the right gear up there. Pretty soon you get so cold where you know not that you're going to get hypothermic, but you're to that level where you got to start moving and and I've had hunts with adverse weather conditions where I have to stay on the vantage point to create opportunities yep. you know and 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 just having that gear uh you know allows me to be able to stay up there, stay out longer, stay for more days so uh yeah man it's amazing and then um your your guys's uh, uh camo pattern, the obscura transitional uh is the absolute best pattern on planet earth like there's a lot of good patterns out there. This one is the best.
1: It is, you know, I've used it in a lot of different places. And when we came out with our initial, you know, cryptic camouflage that really changed the industry mm-hmm. and, and non-stick and leaf, um, we're always evolving, right? And so we took this Obscura, which is a new family of camouflage. Um, with a little bit of that tiger stripe technology the original cryptic mixed in and then using different color palettes to use different environments but transitional works in so many different environments i took it to sonora hunting this year and I, I mean i would step out in the cacti and everything else and they couldn't see me and i'm only 20 yards away so having that ability to blend in especially when you're on a big vantage point where you can just you know hunker down and and spend hours it really makes a difference um you know so we take a lot of time and effort um josh claghorn is a mastermind like he spends a lot of time and and it's always evolving and we got things in the hopper that nobody has seen only us in the office and it's it's exciting to see what more things we're going to bring continue to evolve but that obscure family of camouflage with the transitional um the skyfall that we brought out this year for whitetail hunting which Really, there's so much usage in it. I mean, there were a lot of sheep that were that were harvested this year in that camouflage, um, in the skyfall pattern as well. And so, looking at the environment that you really use a lot of, you know, the coloration in the environment and picking your pattern um, makes a big difference. Mm-hmm.
0: It's it's talked a lot of my buddies into um, getting the gear uh, just because I blend in so well. And it's it's wild. Like, it's it's tough to judge a camel pattern unless you're out in it. Right, and so uh, that camel pattern is is so good in so many different habitats. I mean, from Hawaii to the Sonoran, the desert stuff, hunted the Badlands blends in there, blends in, and the elk woods really good. And um, yeah, it's just absolutely amazing as I look back at photographs. And then you know, I hear from my buddies that say, "Yeah, I could see your cameraman up there. I couldn't see. I knew you were close up there. (laughs) And boy, if I stay still, they can't even pick me out. And it tends to grab. I I think the beauty of it, it." you know it's got shadows that really break up the outline but it tends to grab whatever habitat you're in, whether that's tan, whether that's green. It it just tends to grab those colors. And then it's a light color too, uh, a light camo pattern. uh, But man, uh, that thing blends in so good. And I know it creates more opportunities as as I get close and into bow range and I can sit still. They just look through me. They do. That micro-macro layering where
1: you get that blur and definition, they will look right through you. And I've seen... On video, and we've had conversations where animals are coming by so close, and you talk a lot about, you know, letting the animal make the last move. Right. I listened to a seminar you did last year and having the right camouflage so that you feel confident in not moving. Or if you do happen to move a little bit, they might look at you for a second, but they look right past you and having that ability to blend just gives you a higher chance for success. And that's where that micro macro layering really comes in, in our different patterns. Um, You know, it really creates a three dimensional look in a 2D form.
0: Mm hmm. It, it gives me an advantage out there getting close. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, the prairie for antelope, it yeah. blends in really good with sagebrush. Uh, it just blends in every habitat I take that to, it blends in. And, um, I, I, do like the other camo patterns too. Uh, looking at the other camo patterns, they blend in, uh, equally well, but that obscure transitional just really fits the, the kind of hunting that I like to do.
1: Yeah. And you know, it was, it was awesome to be able to sit down and talk with you about your layering and how you hunt and how I hunt and then picking the right pattern for, you know, so many, cause yeah, we have a lot of patterns and you don't want every pattern, you know that we produce. There's a lot of crossover, and the transitional does that. That's the transitional that'll hit 70% of Earth's environments, and that's going to cover a lot. And then you turn around and throw in our your you know, whites which we have two style of overwhites to get you to that four season, which is wraith, and then also grom. You know you can really go with one set of gear and have you know a cover that gets you into those late late cold weather times where there's snow on the ground or a little mixed snow. You know, we've got something for all seasons.
0: Oh, I'm diving into your gear. The overwhites, that's the next piece I need for my late season for those snowy hunts. That would give me a big advantage because it blends in really good by the brush and stuff. But when I get that snow, yep. there is nothing like having whites. Yep. And to have quality ones built like you guys, yep. um, yeah, i got to dive into your website when I get out of here. You know, the great part about those is, you know, they they – not only work in
1: the field for the hunter, but, you know, they were really designed f- back into spec ops and a lot of different special operations units, and they've been tested a ton, and we still get orders every day um, from those units and, and using them. So we really get that true battlefield to backcountry testing, and, you know, they're the the I know you guys have a lot of guys in your office and, and your podcast and channel for the, you know, the Predator's. And I got to talk to a couple of the guys today that use them, and they're losing their mind. They're just like, I I had no idea. This is game-changing for us. Um, So it's great to be able to make gear for every season and not have to change completely and move everything. But those overwhites are a really cool opportunity,
0: you know, we need to get you to use, especially on those late-season hunts. Mm -hmm. Gosh, you guys are constantly evolving. Uh, you guys are on the forefront and ahead of me at times. Uh, what I need or what I have to have for these hunts, but uh, it's incredible, man. What an offering! What a what a great job you guys are doing. Uh, just uh, your your research and development. Uh, you guys are all hunters. You're out in the field, and I know. Uh, you're a diehard bow hunter chasing elk and mule deer. Yep. And uh, about every time we get together, it's all we can talk about.
1: Yeah, I mean, just like yourself, I mean, bow hunting, we got the opportunity to shoot a bow course, um, you know, in the past and, you know, really having that time to learn and listen to each other and watch different things. And then, you know, having the opportunity to go out and take those skills that we were fine through the air, you know, and just put them to use, mm-hmm. um, you know, the the one thing, like I said, back to that, that little seminar you did that I listened to, you know, really being able to focus on that this year, letting, because so many times I get into that 180 yard and I'm like, I got to get a little bit further. I got to get a little bit further. And being patient and letting that animal make that last move, where are they going to go? Are they going to come to me? Are they going to go this way so I can skirt back? It, it's made a big difference. So you always learn, and and with gear, there's always something better that you can do. There's always something a little bit more you can do. And, you know, with with technology nowadays, it's just unreal how quick they're evolving. And, you know, I, I always think to myself, is there going to be a point where we just can't get better? Well, I, was, I remember when that first three years that we really started testing the technical side of it. And I look at it now, and we just we just continue to evolve.
0: Mm-hmm. It's amazing, man. Uh, uh, I'm so so glad you were able to... To pick up uh, some tidbits and then implement it into your own game. Uh, uh, you're one of us. You're like the community where you're yep. you're a student of the game. You're constantly evolving and constantly wanting to get better. And that that goes for crypt tech. That goes for your bow hunting. And I know that goes for your family. Like uh uh you know your your boy plays ball. You're constantly busy with your family as well. It uh, uh it transfers over to uh, our entire lives once we find the path or the way. But yeah I'm glad to hear that that worked for you this season being more patient letting scenarios develop keeping the element of surprise and just the longer you can play the game uh, the better chance that an opportunity is going to present itself
1: yeah I'll give you an example this fall where um, I've got some hunting partners Um, my best friend since I was babies we've hunted together and and my other friend that you know I've been friends with since oh five and we spend a lot of time hunting elk together that's we at least get one trip every year together and you know it's not only a time to reconnect and spend time with each other and have that brother's bond but we really get to do what we love which is chasing big bulls and this year as you know it's been hot it was hot i mean it, i i think it's one of the hottest falls that i had um hunting out and especially that early section and there were a lot of times where the elk were in the timber at first light and they weren't out rutting and screaming and uh so we would just sneak in and you know, I thought, really, how could I take that and apply it to my game? And at 10 o'clock in the morning, I'm pulling out my hammock. I'm listening to the bulls lay down. I'm getting in that 100, 150, 200 yards, and I'm making myself comfortable. And I sit and I wait and I wait and I wait until I hear them get up that midday to start moving around, maybe go get a drink. And then that's where we would sneak in and start working them. And, you know, we harvested some bulls this year that way. And, you know, that that's that patience piece. It's that waiting for them to move and start making it might not be at, you know, 40 yards, but listening and getting close. And then really, you know, especially when it's hot, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, as the later season goes, bulls will scream all day. But having, you know, be able to change your game and really be patient and letting them tell you what you should do, makes a big difference.
0: Oh, man, that's so it. Um, Right on. That's the perfect application. It's also creative thinking. There's not many guys that bring a hammock and will hang out and wait for those elk to to be on their feet like the other thing is when they're when they're bedded they're all looking for danger it's so tough to get in heavy yep. cover on bedded elk sure it can be done but if i don't know the exact position or i haven't glassed them up i want them on their feet that's when i kill them and yep. so um yeah being patient like that and waiting for the afternoon for them to be on their feet and then making your move and going in and just like you said you're uh, a take what they give you you're yep. not trying to force a scenario yep. it's like you take what the elk give you take what the animals give you and you work with that keep that element of surprise so you don't blow all the elk out and then you get to target them when you have the highest percentage chance to kill them man that's amazing yeah it's great and then you know too with the wind you know you talk a
1: lot about wind wind is key they can see you one two maybe even three times but you know having wind a consistent wind in the middle of the day my dad always used to tell me he killed a lot of bulls in the middle of the day you know, on their bed or when they would get up. And I really never understood what he meant until this year and used some of the things that you said and really started to be patient. You know, I always want to just, like, scream at him and get going and, you know, really try to get in close and, you know, having a little bit more patience. And and being be what it also did is let me be more selective. I could see a maybe smaller bull or less mature bull come in and not be pushing hard and trying to get up to that herd bull. It's just taking your time, slow down, You know, don't blow them out of the next drainage. You know, when you're in there for five to seven days, I think we hunted nine days that first part of the season, and it was hot every day. We didn't see any moisture. Um, Not blowing them out to the next big drainage and having to, you know, really push over that next drainage and exert that effort. Um, You know, you just slow down and and really take, you know, your time and you get a better opportunity.
0: Mm -hmm. It's such such a, a mix and match you know, it's kind like, uh, of like what we were talking about, durability versus weight. Yep. Uh, it's kind of this, uh, th- this give and take as far as aggressiveness and putting forth effort and trying to do everything you can to give yourself an opportunity and then trying to mix that with patience of waiting for the right opportunity and, and trying to capitalize on that. It's such a give and take, mix and match with bow hunting, isn't yeah. it? And patience oh, is a
1: virtue. Dude, I'm telling you, patience. I don't think, you know, natural born hunters are patient. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that you develop that over time and maybe some or more, but it's definitely something that I've learned, you know, to be a little bit more patient is definitely a virtue and, you know, it it brings a lot more success, Mm -hmm. you know, especially in the field. Mm -hmm. Um, This last fall was, we just had a great time and being able to use some of those, you know, tactics really paid off. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I don't know if you've noticed this, but... It seems like over the last probably 10 years, you know, elk have definitely changed a little behavior, especially Mm -hmm. early season. So being able to adapt in conditions on public land. Um, is a big difference. You know, it, it's different when you are you have access to areas clear in the backcountry on horses, like a lot of you guys do, or, you know, maybe you've got a private um, ranch that you can hunt that's, you know, one of those spots where you get access to go through to the backcountry or wherever else, but, you know, that public land elk is getting smarter, that public land mule deer is getting smarter, and being able to really take that time and be patient,
0: you know, I think is going to equal more success. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I find myself... Like, it's still, you know, just like you were talking about, a student of the game, I'm constantly learning. And um, I love hunting elk that I can glass up in open terrain, and I love hunting them in their feeding features, shadowing the herd, coyoting the herd, into timber, I know where they're at. And so these have been my tactics over the years to really target these herd bulls. Uh, But I found a bunch of elk this year that were living in the thick trees, and they were living in, like, clear-cut areas, thick trees with small openings, and there was bulls in there, and there was big bulls. And um, so I found myself, like, they would come to meadows and feed and openings and feed, uh, but it's in a high-pressure area where... Um, really even at first light, I would be on bugles or before first light, a half an hour before light, hour before light, I'm moving in on bugles, trying to put myself in position and they would be out of these meadows by the time the lights came on where you could never glass these elk, they were always in the trees. And so I find myself having to adapt my tactics more. And so doing more still hunting or, you know, and still hunting is like, um, you know, I'm not moving super slow the entire time. Yep. I'm kind of using this echo location with these bulls and I'm, I'm, I'm being able to identify where they're at. Okay. They're over this Ridge. I can move now. And I'm always keeping my head on a swivel and looking to catch those elk before me, but there's times where I'll be moving faster. And then there's times where I'm coming over and exposing country where I got to slow it down or where I think I'm going to get into these elk really slow it down. And when they're on their feet, like, the whole game is to keep the element of surprise, see them before they see me, keep a good wind, and then try to work in from there. And um, highly effective, man. I was able to arrow a great bowl, and, and I just had to kind of adapt my tactics yep. a little bit. But creative thinking is rewarded in the Elkwoods. It is. And, you know, I know I've run into a lot of guys, and even teaching my
1: kids, you know, being too loud is obviously a problem. But being deadly quiet is a problem too Mm -hmm. so it's okay to make a little noise like Mm -hmm. you said and there's times where you can move faster and you know having that wind in your favor changes you know everything so you know when it's hot like it was this fall everything's loud Mm -hmm. I mean you can't walk two steps without making a crunch but making a consistent slow movement having patience and waiting for that opportunity
0: Mm -hmm. um Elk hunting's great, right? You never stop learning. You just always keep going. You had a good season, man. Congratulations! I did. It was a great season. Um, I love. You know, if I have to
1: pick one, you know, it's it's elk mule deer. But my, you know, that's growing up with my dad. You know, my grandfather had an outfitting business in south southeastern Idaho, and my dad's passion was not only archery hunting but archery hunting bulls. He just loved chasing bulls. So I naturally grew up. You know, grew up chasing big bulls and and really learning how to call. Um, you know, I remember the. Just when I, one of my earliest memories, my dad had just an old copper tubing that was bent, and that was their bugle back then and so i just made it my mission in life to figure out how to mimic and and have been fortunate enough to learn how to call and call in a lot of bulls and It was game changing for him. I remember as you know an eight year old sitting back and ten year old and he would look at me and we 'd have some sign language and i 'd call, and you know bulls would come in, and my dad would harvest a bull and we 'd be excited so you know that that chasing the bull and being able to have that interaction. But also um, I've had opportunities where I've changed my game a little bit and use, you know, calling to locate. And then, like I said, just you start to listen and learn and what they're going to do. And are they going to run if you bugle? Cause there's just so much pressure now, but being able to keep them going just enough to where you can sneak in and get a shot.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's really fun to hear about uh, you and your dad and you and your kids and you and your buddies. We just build such meaningful relationships doing this. But um, with that calling, um, to be a next level elk hunter and to be able to call these elk in because they're susceptible to it. I just find that a lot of guys will abandon their instincts or their elk hunting abilities for the call to this back and forth. So the next level of that, like where you're at, it is to be able to know what these elk are doing, predict where they're going, read their their uh, uh, not only their mannerisms, but uh, vocally reading their emotion in their bugles and what their attitude is and what their cows are. But you just can't abandon your skill set and just back and forth and answer this thing and chase it until you don't chase it anymore. Like, that's not the way to kill big bulls. Uh, the next level and yep. where you're at is paying attention to where these elk are going to be able to try to get in front front of him, really yep. using that wind, really thinking about the setup in the right time to try to call that bull, reading the responses and knowing when to back off. And, and less is more in calling. You, you want to keep this uh, – uh, it, it's like this – false reality to this bull that you're creating and you yep. want to keep that going. And not every bull is going to answer every time or it ramps up in emotion. Uh, but I really think that that's the next level of elk hunting. Don't you? I do hundred percent. And you know, that visual
1: acquisition for a bull is still there. He wants to see what's coming in. That's challenging him or anything. So, there, that's what they're looking for. And the back and forth, you know, you, you can find a bull that will bugle all day and he'll stay at 200 yards. And as you put pressure on and get bugle closer, he'll just keep bouncing the next ridge. So, you know, using all kinds of different, you know, tips and tactics, leaving a guy a half a mile back, just bugling up the canyon every 20, 30 minutes so you can find where that bull is and sneaking in and, you know, Making that final press so you can, you know, have that shot Um, that, you know, they, as you know, they move so much, you know, and and they're curious, they want to know, especially in that early season, they want to see what's going on. Why is that guy hollering over there? You know, what's he got going down? And so being patient, but also, you know, changing, getting creative, you know, and, you know, using wind. Wind is everything.
0: Wind is everything. Yeah, you've stated it a couple times on the podcast. Wind has been the the, the biggest killer, you know, the... The, the, <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> the single biggest killer <laughs> of harvest or shot, hands down, <laughs> everywhere with a bow. That's how I know you're a diehard bow hunter is when you say wind three times in a podcast because <laughs> you're so right, man. It's like uh, yes. wind is everything. And I had a scenario this year um, where I... Uh, uh, the, the wind... You know, I, w- I was um, trying to, to chase these elk in the morning out of these meadows and up this hill, and the wind would be good in the morning. But by the time I'd catch up to them where yeah. they're staging for their bedding ground, the wind would be wrong. Yeah. A- and I'd just be chasing them where I just couldn't quite catch them. Yeah. You know, elk walk uphill. Oh, yeah. And so I had this theory that, okay, what I'm going to do this morning is I'm going to hike all the way up the hill to their bedding grounds, and then I'm going to wait for the thermals to switch as they're coming up the hill come and then move them. into them, you know, and, and that tactic uh, uh, worked really well. So in the dark, I'm just hiking away from these elk, up this hill, not anywhere close to where they're bugling or where the party's going on, but I yes. know I'm in the spot where they're going right to come up to, and yep. I have my elevation, and then once those winds started to switch, 8.30, 9 o'clock, 9.30, and it, it was really tough. It was really tough like your hammock deal, it's really tough to wait there and listen to the party and the bugles because most (laughs) of the time I run for that, you know, but it wasn't working in that thick terrain where I had to use some different tactics, but that, that, that thinking outside the box, those hunting instincts, like that's, what's going to make you successful, whether you call or or not. Yeah. And, you know, we're naturally
1: being predators. We want to be part of that. And, you know, just changing tactics all the time, you know, especially with weather. Um, yeah. Have you noticed the wind? Changing a little bit more with some of the different storms that come through in the fall, you know, you're like, okay, thermals do this in the morning, they do this at night. You know, it seemed like you know they just the different storm fronts and how they come through and and how the jet stream pushes different things. Where you're like, I know that at ten o'clock the wind's gonna be doing this, and you set yourself up to do that, and the wind's not doing what you expect. (laughs) So you got to really be able to adapt and back out, and and, you know try and do different things but yeah. you know like we we mentioned wind's a big deal. You can have the best gear in the world, you can have the best bow in the world, you can practice all year but there are some things that you just really have to have in your favor to to kill an animal.
0: Man, it's so true. And that good camo um uh when you're hunting those bulls in there, it seems like you'll get a cow that'll look your direction or all of a sudden you see an elk and you freeze. With a good camo pattern if you stay frozen uh, they they can't see you, and eventually they're like, oh, it's nothing, and they go back to feeding and back yep. to being elk. I can't tell you how many hundreds of times that's happened to me, hunting these elk, where it's like, oh, there's one. Oh, no, she's looking my direction, yep. and I just stay still, and Freeze. then I, I'm able to blend in, and then all of a sudden, you know, 10 minutes or 15 minutes, sometimes it's just 30 seconds, you know, yep. who knows, and uh, they go back to being elk, and then I can make my play on them. So uh, having, uh, you know, I hunted with some solid colors for a while and I didn't have that advantage, and I was getting spotted close more. Yep. And now, uh, having your guys' pattern, man, it's deadly.
1: Breakup helps. Um, yep. I had a, m- my biggest opportunity um, on a bull, Public Land, Idaho, was two falls ago. And that same thing, um, we had it seemed like an hour standoff, but I you know, it, it was probably only about five to ten minutes. And I froze and I froze. And I know before too long, you know, I was not in a great position where I stopped as he came screaming in. And, you know, I moved just a little bit to try and turn my body so that I could get drawn. And, man, he was gone. Just that little bit of movement once they're it in on you, you know. Yep. Um, you know, my heart sank as he ran away. I was able to have my son right there with me, Zane. And it, it was a giant bull, like missed opportunity, but also an incredible opportunity to see You know, there are still great bulls on public land that you can chase with a bow and just refining your techniques, being set up a little bit quicker, not being so aggressive, really back to patience and some of the other things
0: that we've talked about. You can always improve, right? Look at these scenarios, like how can I get better? No, that's it, man. I remember you showing me a video of that bull An absolute world class. Yeah, it's just nice to have that kind of opportunity. I'm not going to kill every giant bull I chase or every giant bull I find or buck for that matter, uh, but to have the opportunity to go have an adventure and then just chase something that um, uh, is is past my expectations that is just this giant specimen of a bull, like the, the best it can grow like that opportunity alone is is absolutely amazing
1: yeah I think sometimes as you know especially being in the industry and you know pitchers and you know the having that harvest is everything but don't forget the journey along the way the adventures there you mm-hmm. know the kills the kill it's awesome it's incredible but there's so much adventure along the way to get there and memories memories with friends hunting partners kids you know spouses you know co-branded people in the industry everything there's a lot of opportunity there Um, and that's, you know, one thing that it's great to be able to eat, you know, really learn each individual experience. I mean, I know you could probably remember and tell, uh, verbatim your first archery kill. I know I can. Um, so, you know, having each of those opportunities is is just unique and why we love this hunting industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, that's it.
0: Well, yeah, um, you guys are constantly evolving and, um, uh, everybody in your staff are outdoorsmen and hunters. And, and I think that's the key. You know, you guys are out putting in the time, putting in the work, chasing these animals, the same passion that we yep. have for it. Uh, we're just cut from the same cloth. So in turn, yep. I get great technical gear from it, man. Great camo patterns and things that work for us hunters that weren't thought up by some CEO in, a, in an office somewhere, <laughs> you
1: know? Yeah, I mean, you're really using it and all kinds of uses. You know, from Kyrgyzstan all the way to Alberta to the Yukon, you know, to the Nevada desert. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my one of my uh, favorite films was your self filmed Idaho hunt a couple of years ago. Um, just seeing your technique and really checking and using your gear to your advantage and spending the time to get around. Like, how did you do that? Like, I, I would have never thought. You know what? I'm going to set my spotter up. I'm so confident in my skills that I'm gonna kill this buck in his bed and I'm gonna have a camera rolling the whole time from how far was your camera away from where you actually shot?
0: Yeah, about fifteen no, my camera was um my camera was right on me. I snuck in with my tripod camera on it. But and, you had one from the back that you had running, right? Yep, yep. Had one so from the back was, running. Oh yeah. So from I across was, the canyon. Yep, yep. I was up maybe um I maybe hundred yards, like right as I crested the hill, maybe fifty yards behind me with the spotter. Yeah. Yeah, And set up and got it. Yeah.
1: Just to think and really take that time to do that. You always capture your adventures that way. And, you know, having your mindset that always just, hey, take a little bit more time to set this up so that I can capture some of that is uh, talent.
0: Yeah, well, thanks so much, man. That's a huge compliment coming from you. Yeah, it's um. There's a lot of times I just want to throw the camera away and just go on. <laughs> and you take that time to really yeah.
1: capture not only you know for for you know Eastmans, but yourself and your memories and learning. Right, I'm sure there's a lot of times where you've gone back and looked at stuff on film and you know continuing to evolve based on you know watching yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's part of it. It's um, really tough to listen to yourself or watch yourself, (laughs) but it's so crucial for human growth too, you know? So yeah. And you can look over scenarios and see, you know, how the shot broke. You can do it in slow motion. Uh, There's so much you can review and it's, it's an added degree of difficulty. uh, But it's, um, uh, it's this commitment to tell this story, to share it with family and friends, to share it with my audience, to try to capture uh, magic in a bottle because it's, you know, there's not a whole lot of guys that are that are trying to film bow hunts on public ground. Like it is extremely tough, and so uh, to go out there with this commitment to showcase like what's available for all of us out there, that uh, what's available if you find passion in your life and you really work at your craft, you know. And so, Master yeah, of your craft. I, I love to I love to share that story, man. So um, yeah, it's such a huge compliment, man. I really appreciate. Well, it. what
1: you do, you know, I've watched all your guys' stuff, um, you know, and I get a little excited when you guys get something new to drop. And I've been on a couple with you. And so it's always fun to kind of relive that stuff. But, you know, what you do and allowing others to be able to watch it and learn from you is a big deal. Mm -hmm. You know, having that opportunity, that's, you know, I I enjoy watching. it. I do learn Mm -hmm. a
0: lot yeah well thanks so much yeah I just um, I just appreciate you guys like in this um, this partnership um, you know uh, uh, I I feel like this connection and this personal friendship with uh, you and everybody on your staff and I love the insight that you give me so many you know not so many times but I've been part uh, of companies that don't want my insight or don't want to know what I like or how I think something can improve and you guys always reach out and and you know, like you say, a lot of it comes down to personal preference, but for you guys to take my insight and go, yeah, man, Brian's doing these hunts. Like, what's he think about this? Or I think he would like this. Let's give him this and let him try it out, you know, from all the different offerings from the gloves. And you've just allowed me to, to build this system. That's the best system I've ever had the best camo pattern, the best technical gear. It's the best system that I've ever used, which in turn makes me more effective, more comfortable out there. And so um, man, I, I just really appreciate your friendship. I really appreciate the partnership with you guys and um, you guys are just absolutely killing it with all your offerings. Well, thank you, Brian.
1: That That's amazing to hear and I share the exact same thoughts. Um, you know, we really enjoy the feedback that we get from this partnership and the creative friendship that we have. Um, it's really great to be able to, and, and even when you don't do something great to have you say, hey, Justin, this you guys need to change this because we do send a lot of stuff you guys up for prototypes and you're just like this sucks and we all fail and that's how we get better and so we appreciate you know the friendships the candor everything that we do together we have a killer synergy together um, and it's you know it's been a great run so far and I'm so glad that we've been able to do this
0: yeah man well let's um let's both keep killing it in the the gear and the bow hunting woods and um uh, man let's keep in touch and I love having you on the podcast thanks so much for taking the time absolutely I'm glad I was able to get on here and I'm looking forward to you know an
1: upcoming hunt this year or next year yeah
0: right on sounds like a plan okay thanks thanks all right guys that's a wrap uh, again i just really like that justin and um really enjoyed the conversation uh that guy just uh eats, sleeps and breathes bow hunting he loves it like we do and uh that's why i'm able to have such a good connection with him um so yeah thanks again for him for taking the time thanks again to you guys for listening in Thanks to our sponsors for today's show Cryptech. I want to thank Savage, uh, Real Accurate Rifles. Uh, I want to thank Black Ovis and Camo Fire. And um, again, uh, we're giving away a, a free one year subscription to Mountain Tough Fitness for the app when you purchase Tag Hub. Uh, so there's a bunch of bundles that you can look up on Eastman's and search TagHub, But if you become a member of Taghub, put in the promo code BRIAN and you'll get a free one-year subscription to Mountain Tough. Um, I think it's a great offering. I think that Mountain Tough is a great app. I've been using it a bunch. Just getting really good workouts in between my runs, you know. And so uh, it's been really good and it's taking my fitness to the next level. So thanks to those guys for putting that out. Uh, really like those guys at Mountain Tough and like their um, product they're putting out. So you can check that out. Um, check out everything we're doing at Eastman's. Uh, just had a new article come out with a... Um, or a new uh, Yeah, I had an article in the new magazine that just came out all about the off-season preparation. So uh, really proud of how that one came out. And they just wrote another one. Oh, on um, my dehydrated foods uh, that I put together. That's going to come out in the sheep issue, which is the next issue. But yeah... Uh, But check out the magazines we put out. Such great information in there. Eastman's hunting journal, Eastman's bow hunting journal. And uh, for me, man, I'm just working away here, uh, trying to get these last couple homes that I have to get finished up, uh, but really just getting life back to normal. So getting my workouts, man, I got my garage is so close to being all the way put together just with benches and shelves and organization. It feels so good to have it back. Uh, be working on that new bow so uh, just waiting for one more piece to show up in the mail and I'll have that thing set up so I'm gonna try to uh, capture a lot of the setting up this bow and kind of my process with tuning and things so I'll try to put some of that out on um, social media so you guys can see that and um, yeah I've been shooting indoor and getting in my runs and um, spending time with my family and just life back to normal it feels so good uh feels so good to like really dedicate myself to, to bow hunting again. Not that I wasn't before, but during that house, it just took a lot of my focus away. And I'm so happy and fulfilled when I'm working on my passion, when I'm working at getting better at bow hunting. So looking into tags, looking into hunts, um, working out, shooting my bow, these are all the things that make me really happy in life. Um, so yeah, I'm just um, doing that, trying to get better each and every day and uh trying to take this thing to the next level at least for me uh i'm i'm at my best when i'm working to improve and um man i'm just all in i think i love it more than ever and i'm so excited i leave in less than a month for a dream trip for me to australia to hunt red deer during the roar uh fallow deer during the croak uh gonna be hunting sambar deer that live in this gnarly high country and then just spending time with um Two really good friends that I made from Australia that are hosting me on this trip that are just uh, amazing human beings, amazing bow hunters. And so, I uh, hope to learn some stuff from these guys. I think I also get to hunt some pigs over there. It, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a couple weeks of um, uh, action packed bow hunting. So, um, man, I'm I just really looking forward to it. It's going to be incredible. I uh, can't believe just this. Uh, average uh blue collar bow hunter like myself gets to go on a big mega trip like this so um super pumped uh gonna be leaving uh april 1st so um it's coming up i'm gonna get packed up make sure this bow is shooting right and uh we're gonna go do some bow hunting this spring and get done with that and then go right into spring bears which is amazing uh uh, i kind of lost some time last season i was going on the house and um You know, I was able to get out for a few days, but not give it my full effort. And last year was the first year I didn't arrow a bear in, gosh, I don't know, five, six years, seven years, something like that. So I will be going hard after spring bears, after a big mature boar this year. Um, So I can't wait to do that when I get back. And um, then we'll get into summer scouting and training and right into that fall season. So uh, super exciting, just trying to get my apps in and uh, make sure I've got some hunts coming up which things seem to line up i haven't got super lucky yet but uh um you know i've definitely lined up some hunts and have some places to go so um yeah and then just gosh get lucky on one of these things right one of these uh, mega tags would be super fun so just getting my name in the hats doing my research trying to give myself the best odds possible and um trying to to soak in this life and um get as much as possible and as much joy as possible like um and it sure is nice to be in this house and spending time with my family my oldest daughter's coming home this weekend so it'd be nice to spend some time with her and uh, like i say just um enjoying life really happy to be in this place and um not be uh under such a high amount of stress right now so uh things are all good on my side i hope you guys are doing well with your work job family Uh, Hope you guys are getting your apps in and and lining up some good bow hunts for next season, some good adventures you can go on and uh, get the most out of this life. So um, thanks, you guys. I really appreciate the support. Appreciate you guys listening in. And um, with that, I'll check in with you next week.